1: Hello and welcome to the Prep to Pro NBA Draft Podcast. My name is Ben Pfeiffer. As always, I'm joined by Max Carlin. Max, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right, Ben. How are you? I'm doing well. And we have a special guest today. Our guest is Ross Homan of Stepian. Ross, how's it going? Doing well. Thanks for having me on, guys. Before we go any further, the prep to pro MBA Draft podcast is sponsored by LinkedIn Jobs. The perfect hire can have an impact on your business for years to come. So when you need to find that person to help grow your business, LinkedIn Jobs will match the right talent with your open role fast. Of course. So we have lamented about the quality of the 2020 MBA Draft podcast plenty in the first three episodes of this, of this podcast. So we're going to pivot a little bit and talk about the 2021 draft class as Max and I have been binging their games of late, and Ross is very knowledgeable about the 2021 class. So Max, tell us a little about this class. That's just so much more inspiring than the current one.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a really nice departure from 2020 and 2019. Um, it's just stacked with guys who have legitimate ceilings that, that matter for uh, like the, the fortunes of a franchise. Um, and so, whether that's the guy who who I think we all have as the clear best player in the class in Cade Cunningham, or if it's um, you know guys in that next group, B.J. Boston, Jalen Green, Jonathan Kuminga, once he he's expected to to reclassify, um, you know, it, it's just littered with these guys that have really interesting high end outcomes. Um, so, I mean, should we should we start with talking about Cade Cunningham? I mean, for people who don't know, Cade is a six, seven uh, lead initiator who is going to Oklahoma state. Um, just like an utterly dominant basketball player. He is good at literally everything. Um, he's like a high level rim protector and a, a like ingenious passer and uh, like one of the more dominant finishers you'll see at this level. And he has beautiful mechanics on his jumper and elite touch and is an incredibly strong, um, He's just an intensely dominant player, uh and I think we'd all be pretty stunned if he if he doesn't wind up being the number one overall pick.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, I I the first time I like super took notice from Cade when I think it was like midway through uh last year, so it was junior year when he like just completely dominated Cole Anthony in like a one on one matchup basically. And uh since then he's just kinda of, like blowing up and becoming most people's like clear cut number one there's some that like Jalen Green a little more but it, that's like a pretty small minority of people
0: yeah I remember last summer when you when you were starting to dive into into these 2021 guys and you you were like this kid Cade Cunningham he is the next thing uh and at that point you know people I think still probably the consensus was very in on Evan Mobley who I think mo- most recruiting services still have as the number one guy but uh like draft evaluators have certainly moved off of but um yeah i remember you pointing out yeah this guy is a he is a 6-7 point guard and he is dunking on everyone and is, and is like has beautiful mechanics and is just like this ridiculous ridiculous prospect um and i mean he's certainly lived up to that i guess it's like a little disappointing that he's on such a stacked uh montverde team and just like doesn't have to like do all that much but uh he's he is
1: a remarkable player. Yeah. If you want Cade dominance, I mean just go back and watch his EYBL tape from last summer. I mean, he he did absolutely everything and he destroyed teams. I watched last night a game of him versus pro skills and Cade's team was up twenty-four to two in six minutes. And I mean <laughs> Cade's, Cade's team had Greg Brown, who's another prospect we'll talk about later. But there's there's no other real like high level prospects in that team. It's just Cade being better than everybody i mean he's bigger than everyone he he can pat pass, he, he passes better than everyone he protects the rim like a monster i mean he had he had this play where he split the double team he split a double team and he had a huge dunk off one foot and, and he's a pretty good athlete he's actually a, quite a good athlete despite i mean maybe getting billed is a lesser one but he's he's a very good athlete in the open floor in the half court and he's so good he's how would you guys compare him to guys to prospects like Zion and Luka in that tier? Where is he on the spectrum of them to like the tier below?
2: Um, So I think he's in that tier at this age. Obviously, I think you can make a strong argument that Luka and Zion, at least Zion so far, have looked maybe even better than they were originally supposed to. So it's kind of hard to put into context with that. But I do think when they were all three at this age, Kate is right there with them.
0: Yeah, I think I agree with that also. I like I I have a hard time thinking that he could be as good a prospect as Zion by the time that we get to the draft. That seems really unlikely. But uh I like Luca Caliber as a prospect, to be very clear as a prospect, like Luca's hit an extraordinarily high-end outcome. And I do I no longer think Cade will be as good as, as Luca. But Luca as a prospect, I think Cade is probably pretty comparable to that. Um I think it's it's like Ben mentioned with um with his AAU team and EYBL, he played with Greg Brown, and but was just—I mean, he was dominant when he went up against—I mean, everyone but but Jonathan Kuminga. And when when they played head to head in EYBL, Kuminga dropped forty-three and was pretty ridiculous. Uh, but Cade also with the FIBA, um, what was it? You what you 19. what? Uh,
1: Nineteen. 19.
0: Yeah, he yeah. was the the clear lead guy playing alongside Jalen Green. Uh I like Mobley was technically on the team, but like didn't really play. But but I mean the, the point is that when Cade was alongside all of the other like best players in the country, he was he was the clear uh number one guy. Um so I I mean I I think we, we all agree that he, he is the standout guy uh in this class, even though it's otherwise a very strong class.
1: Yeah. And sh- should mention that Cade is going to be at Oklahoma State next year, barring any unfortunate cancellations but yeah I mean we're excited to see him in that conference so and it's not just K. this is an incredibly good draft at the top with lots of guys that could have really really high high end outcomes so who else who else is there at this point um
0: I mean I um, guess I i oh, Ross you want to go ahead no I was just going to talk about
2: how if you want to dive into Boston since I know you've been yeah a lot I, of him recently
0: that's what i was going to suggest that we do so i mean for me at least bj boston like a 66 uh guard wing uh playing for sierra canyon um in high school and then um oh what's his i don't know a, he played for some AUS aot name. AOT, that's yeah. right the uh, the um sharif cooper team uh so he is a uh like really special space creator on the ball uh has just like a ridiculous handle unbelievably controlled unbelievably deceptive like uh, like for a guy that size i i don't like i cannot think of anyone that has a better handle and i think on top of that it's not just the handle but his other space creation ability like he he'll do like a hardened double step back um he has like awesome footwork and then on top of that he has really spectacular touch pretty mechanics on his jumper it it hasn't always gotten in but i do think that it's improved um over the year plus that i've now seen him um because i remember like watching him with the uh, okoro sharif cooper aot team i think it, his jumper was like a little more elongated and looping and uh it just felt a bit slower but uh i think i think it's it's better mechanically now and his touch is so good that i totally buy that um and then on top of that he's like really skilled as a driver, like will get low and he's very skinny and that's sort of the main criticism of him. But despite that, he plays incredibly physically. Uh, he, I, Ross, you might have the numbers on this because I know you, you track this like, uh, like no one else, but his free throw rate in EYBL, EYBL was otherworldly, uh, despite being like really, uh, rail thin. Um, and I think that you may there's, it's fair to raise concerns about uh that level of finishing and aggression translating, but I do think it's really hard to teach a mindset like that. And Bj showing it at, despite his his physical limitations are pretty interesting. And then otherwise, like he flashes literally everything you want to see from a prospect: uh, high level rim protection, high level perimeter defense. He's he's I mean he's really long. He like blocks jumpers all the time, and and guys are pretty startled by just his length. Uh, he's a, he's a his decision making I think is up and down. But uh definitely flashes some pretty high level passing. Um and uh even like open court athleticism, he's he's really impressive as a leaper. Like he'll he'll have some really ridiculous in-game dunks. Um, and I think that especially with added strength, there's a chance that he's that he can unlock some more functional athleticism. So I'm I'm all the way in on BJ Boston. I've got him pretty firmly as my number two guy in the class, which I think is a bit of a hot take at this point. But I think that we're probably going to be trending toward most people having him in the top five at least. Yeah, he
2: um, he had a four point four eight free throw rate. By the way, to comparison, like Cade was at like a point five one, so basically the same amount as Cade, which is really impressive. Um, but I, I do agree with the shot was like the big thing. I think a lot of it has become just getting stronger rather than because I mean, like a year and, like he's skinny now, but like a year and a half mm-hmm. ago he was just incredibly weak, so I think that's had a lot to do with the uh, extended range on the shot, and the thing, too, like, he was kind of billed as, like, an open-court athlete playing on, like, those AOT teams with Sharif, obviously, who likes to run, and, like, a defensive player first, so just the half-court offensive game has taken, like, huge strides in the last year, which is really, really impressive.
0: Yeah, and I I really like him in the half-court. That's one of the reasons that I Um, I think I prefer him to a bunch of the other guys in the running for, for that number two spot, because someone like Jalen Johnson, who, who maybe we'll talk about in more depth later, uh, I, I don't trust him to generate half court offense with his shooting woes. Um, or like Zyre Williams is, is a totally ridiculous shot maker with crazy touch. Um, at, I don't know, what is he like six, nine? Um, but it doesn't, doesn't really have the burst or handle like that so i think bj flashes literally everything that you could possibly want in a sort of wing creator type uh and to me that's the, that's the most attractive gamble uh among these guys i mean, do, do do either of you like want to offer some dissent on that like is there a guy that you think has has a really good case to be over bj uh i
2: mean i think if coming ends up reclassifying okay i think obviously he has a very strong case because also you look at he's almost like a full year younger than boston Mm -hmm. which you know is a big deal and then um i i still personally have springer in that running but Mm -hmm. i think those three are the two through four for me
0: yeah i i kuminga is really impressive and like you said insanely young just an enormous human being um like really really built at 17 years old uh and what like six seven six eight um and and what we've what we've been alluding to with him possibly reclassifying is that as of right now uh kuminga is in the high school class of 2021 but he's widely expected to reclassify um and yeah he's he he flashes like at a ridiculous level as a shot maker like i mentioned dropped 43 on on Cade's uh texas titans aau team um he like doesn't have great touch I don't think but he's a powerful and explosive athlete I think surprisingly uh intelligent like capable passer uh defensively he doesn't really try but when he does uh he can have really impressive moments like there was a few a few possessions that he was engaged on um in that Texas Titans game he would like beat Cade to a spot and then like poke his handle loose and that's not something you like you don't see Cade Cunningham flustered very often playing at this level and kuminga when he tried was able to do that to him um and i mean that that comes together with like i said like pretty high level shot making upside so i i definitely see see a case for kuminga i i think he's not he's not the space creator that bj is and and uh the touch concerns me a little bit because well he was like a sub 50 percent free throw guy uh in in um Eybl, if i remember correctly and not not like good percentages on threes either and he just i mean he likes to take bad shots and and like i said doesn't really try that much on defense but uh like without a doubt a a really really high level prospect
1: and rumors are he uh if he does reclass he would go to texas tech which i'm really interested to see how chris beard does with his defense because like max said he doesn't really try for most of the game but when he does try there's some pretty interesting flashes. I mean, he's pretty clunky as a mover, and like you said, the effort is low. But if he can get in that Texas Tech system and really get zoned in on defense, he could be a really dangerous prospect because he is just an enormous human being. I mean, and I mean, although he likes bad shots, I mean, a lot of guys at his age do. I mean, he's he's 17 years old. He's so he's so so young, and he flashes enough as a passer. Just like he seems like a pretty smart player. In general like I think he's probably fairly intelligent so he's just a guy with age you hope he reigns in and the guy whose physical tools and his shot making at his age are just super super rare and guys like that are guys you want to swing on at the top of the draft guys who really have that like initiator upside um and in different ways like like, this is a really really cool thing about this class is that there's lots of guys with this initiator upside, but in different different avenues there. I mean, we have guys like BJ with the crazy space creation, guys like Kaminga with just overwhelming strength and and um and shot making, you know. So there's lots of these different guys.
0: Yeah, i the other name that, that Ross threw out is uh Jaden Springer, uh combo guard initiator, uh headed to Tennessee next year. Um who I think Ben you and I are a bit lower on but Ross you're you're like the foremost Jaden Springer fan in the world. Do you want to do you want to give the the Springer <laughs> spiel and and make your case for him as as like a top 2 or 3 guy?
2: Yeah, so um until at least until Commissioner reclassifies Springer as the youngest player in the class, he mm-hmm. doesn't turn 18 until September, I think, like late September. He's crazy um, young. Yeah. Yeah, he's very young. Uh, there's some issues with just general like quickness and ball handling. He'll need to improve those. But he's ex- he's about six five-ish in shoes. Extremely strong. Like built like a truck. Um, in my opinion, probably the best point of attack defender in the class, and one of the best just like overall defenders in the class. The shot has continued to improve. I think the main thing that I kind of stick on is down the stretch of like Geico national tournament last year on a loaded IMG team. He was consistently the go-to guy and consistently the best player on the team with like, you know, Josh Green, Jeremiah Robinson, Baycott, like a team with really good players. And he just took over so many games during that stretch. And I just think he kind of has like that work ethic and that upside that is just kind of like hard to bet on to a certain extent, if that makes sense. Um, Mm -hmm. But just, like, coupled with, like, what he's shown the past year or so, his touch, overall IQ defensively, and then the age, I just think there's a bit of underrated upside with him.
0: Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the the point-of-attack defense, and it really is, like, outlier good. I think we're, we're probably generally, like, a group that doesn't value point-of-attack defense that highly unless you're outlier good at it. And, like, Springer most certainly is. He, like I said, you don't see Cade flustered very often – but uh i think it was at the um the city of palms i think it was, i think it was that game that he really gave cade some trouble like made him look really uncomfortable and the same thing at city of palms against aj griffin one of the best players in high school basketball uh, 6 7 super strong sharp shooting wing, uh like Springer I think blocked his jumper at one point. Like he was giving him all sorts of trouble. And you just like you don't see guys like Cade Cunningham and, and AJ Griffin flustered that often and Springer as a like legitimate as a guard was was doing that to them. Uh so that was that was pretty wild to see. But um I mean getting to the to the guard aspect of it, how do you feel about Springer's playmaking? Um so
2: the handle is the handle's my main qualm with him.
0: Um, mm-hmm. I think it has
2: improved, but it definitely has further to go. But I do think he's hes not like a – obviously like a K-level passer or anything like that, but I think he consistently makes the right reads. He's kind of in a tough spot this year just because the IMG team has like zero other decision makers. Mm-hmm. Um, But I, I do think I'd want to see him with another like lead capable guard kind of, but I, I think that he's capable of like running a team
0: yeah like i the vision concerns me a little bit i've just seen some passes from him where where he really he like won't see a help defender coming that he probably should and will throw a pass anyway and it's it's a turnover uh i don't i don't think he's like a high level passer which is why i'm i'm a bit lower on him than you I, i do think he's he's definitely underrated in the mainstream um and then the handle, yeah, like it can be uh, disturbed sometimes. But he also does flash like pretty impressive moves, especially with um like screen manipulation. He loves to do a, like a behind the back to reject the screen and then get into the defense. He he, he I, one of the games I watched recently, he had like a really nice spin away from a screen to reject it. So he, I mean, he does flash in that department, creating um space and and um, compromising the defense for himself. I'm just. Uh, I'm not entirely. I don't entirely trust him to to capitalize on that, um, which is uh, pr- like a pretty big problem for a guy that size in my eyes. Which is why I I can't get to him quite at the um, at the level you can.
1: Yeah, and like we alluded to before, I mean he's crazy strong. I mean he he's very much a power guard at this point. He drives through guys and. He gets to the line, like, quite a bit. I mean, in the EYBL game, uh, or not EYBL, excuse me, Um, uh, the Under Armour game I watched the other day, um, he played in. I mean, he kind of played as, like, a big at times. Like, he'd initiate from the post and, like, in the elbow or up at the elbow, and he just kind of overwhelm guys. And though he's not super quick, he's a pretty good leaper. I mean... He had a, like a one or two nice dunks in the open floor. He gets up quick to finish. But, I mean, I'm like a similar with Max. I mean, at, at least at the top of the draft and a draft that has quite a few pretty good initiator gambles, it's kind of hard for me to be that high on him when I'm a little lower on the pass and can handle and how good of a, a primary guy he can really be. But, nonetheless, he is a super intriguing prospect and one that we're excited to see at Tennessee next year. And Another Tennessee guy that Ross is super high on, you know, is Keon Johnson, who um, played Adidas uh, and is Tennessee guy. So, Ross, I know you're the the also the foremost Keon Johnson guy. So, why don't you uh, tell us about Keon Johnson?
2: Yeah, um, I really really enjoy watching Keon play. He missed all but I think four um, games of his senior year, which was unfortunate, but. He was just on a really impressive growth curve from junior year to this year. He he showed a lot more uh, handle ability in summer and then that kind of just kept improving to the few high school games he played and then throughout like USA tryouts. He was really impressive. Um he's also one of the younger guys in the class. I think he's a April maybe. I think around April, um 2002. So obviously doesn't turn 19 until almost like right before the draft. Um but he's he's also, like, he's almost the exact definition of a perfect athlete. Extremely quick. Uh, one of the better leapers I've seen in, like, a... like He's basically, like, Wiggins-esque leaping. Like, it's incredibly impressive. Um, Extremely, extremely balanced, like, with handle and whatnot. He just needs decision-making and skill continued needs to improve. But the jump shot, I'm starting to believe in more than I did last year. Uh, the free throw percentage has just consistently been rising. His touch seems to be there it's not like spectacular but i think it's good enough um and i just think that like upside wise coupled on the athleticism and the growth curve he's been on it's just pretty hard to deny
1: yeah and it's certainly difficult to argue with those athletic tools i mean he's what like six five six six um super super athletic i mean he 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 just floats through the air i mean i'll just on dunks um he's pretty good rim protector with those with those um With that, with that athleticism, and he seems like a pretty like 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 I said, Max and I haven't watched as much Keon as Ross as much of his older stuff, but at least in in the high school games uh, that we can find this season, he's his passing seems pretty okay. I mean, he's not like he has some decision making issues, but he makes a couple pick and roll reads, kickouts, you know, a couple extra passes. And at this level, I mean, at least the high school level, it can be a little hard because he's just so athletically dominant that often just going through guys is. The best decision for him because it just works. So definitely interested to see to see how he looks at at Tennessee um, in the SEC against better competition. But yeah, I'm. I know Max and I aren't as in on him, but he's quite quite interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I,
0: I you can go ahead, Ross. Sorry,
2: I was just gonna quickly add um, like from a, like Adidas wise, he was basically making just like ball movement type reads in high school. It did look like. Like like you said, he's not an advanced pass by any means, but he's starting to see reads quicker, which is a big deal to me just because somebody with that athleticism and that kind of like rim gravity on slashing, if he just quickly sees basic reads, it's going to mean a lot.
0: Yeah, I worry about him as a field guy. Like he just seems to, to like dribble himself into bad spots on the court and just like get himself into trouble at times. But... Uh, he he also does seem like aware of his his gravity with the ball because he's just such an explosive athlete that like he can really pull the defense in and then uh, and kick out to guys and um and I think that like seeing a development arc for guys is really important and Ross is obviously way better versed on that than we are um so that that's really encouraging uh, like as a as like a combo sized guy with decision making concerns and the shot um the shot. Uh, like Ross said, I think there are a lot of reasons for optimism. Like he'll, he'll take like take and make like tough movement attempts and pull up attempts. And I think like generally it looks pretty good, but then he'll also have some really bad misses and the touches like come and go. I think for the most part it's, it's fine, but definitely not like, he's not Jaden Springer for example. Um, But uh, yeah, I, I can't quite get up to the highest of levels with him. But there's no denying that, I mean, he has some serious outcomes on account of skill improvement and just, like, really, really outrageous athleticism. I will um, um, add to
2: with what you talked about in the field department. He did have disappointing stock numbers in the AU, so that's mm-hmm. definitely, like, my main drawback with him as well. Like, I – as as come and go as the shot comes, um, it is the field department, which – has me from not just saying screw it and putting him number two, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but that, I, that's yeah, I, I do agree. It's a concern.
0: That's pretty concerning for a guy who's as like nutty athletically as him. Um, if if um, you know the the if we're gonna switch to another guy now, the like initiator, the like the guard-sized initiator that I definitely like, I think Ben is in on this too, but Ross is is not is Jalen Suggs, uh, six four point guard who's committed to Gonzaga. I think there are some rumors that he might end up going overseas, but uh as of right now, slated to go to Gonzaga. He is he's so good at everything. Uh kind of similar to Springer and that he's like a pretty powerful guard. He'll, he'll like play out of the post sometimes, really strong, great touch. Like he's kind of fascinating that uh back at again, I forget which which age group of FIBA, but FIBA like a year ago, um he like couldn't really shoot. He was just kind of like hard nosed defender. Um, and then he he comes back and and during his senior year, uh, he is just like an outrageous shooter now. Um, like tough off the dribble attempts, tough movement attempts, like really pretty mechanics. He's just he's a great shooter at this point, and he is incredibly anticipatory and smart. Um, I I know he when um when his high school mini haha played sierra canyon uh televised on espn he had put up a dominant performance i mean if you can find that game somewhere watch it it's absurd uh but he i mean he like jumps passes from from the weak side uh he in in the game that i was watching the other day against um it was like St. Louis Park Boys. He had this play where he was inbounding from the baseline. He throws a no-look pass into traffic that's on the money. The guy misses the shot, and he sees all this happening and comes from the baseline as a one-handed putback in traffic, just like a nutty display of, of um, anticipation and freakish athleticism. Uh, I think he's like a pretty awesome passer. Uh, it, he'll like probe into the defense and kick out at like, like pretty hard to see passes um the the one major concern i guess two major concerns the first would be age he's he's like 15 months older than springer i think uh and then the other would be handle it's just like pretty loose and not all that deceptive but otherwise i mean i think oh and i didn't even mention defense really like he he definitely again not springer at the point of of attack but i think quite good um He's like, I think, everything you want in a lead guard except for the handle, which is a pretty huge limitation. But I mean, he's so good.
1: Yeah. And yeah. I um, like uh, Ross. You can go. No, sorry. Go ahead, Ben. Yes. Yeah, so I was going to say, like, that handle is definitely the issue with him. And I know that's Ross's issue projecting him as a lead guard. But I mean,. Like like you said, if the shooting can really be good enough, I mean, we've seen it improve so much in the past like two two years, and like we talked about with Keon, with development curves. I mean, if this shooting can keep improving, I mean, we don't know what shooting could hit. And even though his handles not great, I mean, I think he can still get to the rim. Like he he's super powerful as a driver as well, really strong. Just has fantastic touch with with both hands. And even if he can't be can't be um um a lead guard which data has the upside to be i think he has a pretty strong median and floor as this like secondary three and d combo guard type, which isn't what you want at the top of the draft but for a guy who you're drafting with with um who's supposed to have that lead guard upside having that median outcome as if he doesn't hit this lead guard upside he's still probably going to be a damn good nba player as this this three and d guard who's who's going to be able to create a little bit as a secondary or tertiary guy and play awesome defense. So he seemed like a really strong bet to me inside the top five. But I know Ross doesn't exactly feel that same way. So, Ross, don't you?
2: Yeah, I mean, I still like Suggs. I'm top like right around top ten-ish. But I I just, like we talked about, I worry about the handle. Um, And I, I don't really project him to have lead guard upside, but I do that he'll be really good. Um I wanna see kind of what the shot levels out at. If he is truly like an elite elite shooter, then I'll probably be a little higher, but I'm thinking he's poor more probably just like a really good shooter. Um my my main drawback with him is the games that I've seen him go against other high level athletic guards, he's really struggled as an on ball creator. Um I know like the UAA game against uh, Springer, I think he went, like, two for five with, like, four turnovers and, like, one assist maybe. Like, Springer just absolutely dominated him. Um, But he played really well against Sierra Canyon, who obviously doesn't have the best guards to handle him, but it's still, like, a good athletic team, and he obviously was really good against them. And overall, just, like, his UAA numbers were absolutely dominant. I was really only able to catch two of those games, and one was against Springer. So obviously. I may just be undervaluing what he did last summer, um, but I, I do still really like him. I just think it's more as a off-ball, like high, high, high-level role player type, seemingly.
0: Yeah, I mean, even even as a huge Suggs fan, I think those are really fair criticisms. Uh, like, the, I think his his specific weaknesses, like not necessarily being that bursty and the handle. Uh, being like really susceptible to pressure or whatever, it is something that you're going to see show up more against better competition. It's why I've been, I've tried to find uh, as many games as I can of him uh, against high level competition. But uh, I mean, it can sometimes be hard. Um, nonetheless, I, I think what what Ben mentioned is is an important point that not just do, I, I think he has that initiator upside, but even if he doesn't hit that, he is still an intensely valuable player. Um so I Ben and I think both have him as a top 5 guy at the moment. Um but I I think it's definitely a reasonable position to to buy him to to not buy him quite that highly especially with so many guys who like it can be argued have these um high level outcomes. Uh should should we talk about more of these guys who who are on the high end or should we get to um some of these guys who have proven to be really really good players? who maybe in the 2020 draft class would have an argument at the, at the very top, but kind of because there are so many of these guys with, with meaningful ceilings uh, have to be relegated down a little bit lower or, or should we, do you guys want to talk a little bit about like Jalen Johnson, Zyre Williams, uh, any Jalen green, any of those guys?
1: Yeah. I was going to say, I, I was going to say the one guy I feel like we should talk about is Jalen green, who is kind of the consensus darling at this point at the top of the draft as Kate. I mean, he's number one on ESPN top hundred, even though that's not strictly draft, but yeah, Jalen green is the other like initiator type prospect that I think most people really like. I know Max and I are like tentatively kind of fans. I'm not sure about Ross at the moment. I mean, he's, he's definitely improved a lot uh, over this last, this last year, which is important, but he's just this ridiculous athlete with, pretty good handle like crazy vertical leaper burst get to the lane shoots pretty good pull-up shooter I mean the issue with him is really just decision making and feel just takes a lot of pretty maddening shots doesn't make great decisions and defensively although like at times he flashes some ridiculous like rim protection transition or on the weak side he can be kind of apathetic but yeah so Jalen Green is definitely a guy who's going to be polarizing so and, yeah, I was
2: on the low end originally. I had him, like, back end of my top 10. So I think at one point I might have had him just barely out of my top 10, but um, he's he's gotten a lot better. He's made significant strides, just, like, hitting open people faster. Uh, Still is not, like, he's still a pretty iffy decision maker. Definitely one of the main concerns with him, but I think he's starting to see open reads faster just due to his gravity, and he's starting to hit those faster, which is a big deal. Um, I want to see, like, I know I've said this about a few guys, I want to see where the shot levels out with him, just because he's had absolutely ridiculous shot-making performances this high school season. He's hit five plus threes in, like, multiple halves against really good teams, and he has, like, a lot of of different ability to shoot the threes, like, off step-backs, just coming off, like, movement. Like, he's really really impressive shooter so far this year. So I wanna see where that kinda of levels out. But I do worry about just like the strength with him and I think he's a good ball handler, but he can get pushed off spots really easily just because he's like rail thin and he's pretty small, like six four ish. Um so there's definitely some concerns with him. I'm but um but I, I do think the growth he's shown has been pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm a little skeptical of the cause for people who don't know, Jalen Green has he has like a very uh devout following. Um where there are a lot of people who really think that this guy is like an incredibly special player. And I think he's a good prospect. I uh like I think he's pretty comparable to Anthony Edwards in a lot of positive and negative ways. Um where he's a really, really explosive athlete, like an incredible two-foot leaper, um, really bursty uh like definitely flash is a much better handle than edwards um but i honestly like i find the decision making to be even or not necessarily decision making but vision where he just like won't see things um and i just like consistently makes pretty maddening decisions takes awful shots i mean like ben i mentioned earlier like all young guys take bad shots but he takes really bad shots um and so yeah, like I think that there there are legitimate avenues to Jalen Green being incredibly good, but in a class where where you've got a couple guys who I think have way more avenues to being ridiculously good, uh, I have to drop him down a little bit. I've def- I've got him in that like five to ten range. I think uh, don't know exactly where yet. I just I, I seem to keep catching bad games of his um, and just like am yet to be really blown away, but. Uh, I mean, like, there like smart people are still in on him. Uh, it's not entirely a, a hype thing. Uh, and, and, and as Ross mentioned, like he does he does display some pretty pretty special abilities. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I I can't quite get there, Ben. I mean, do you do you feel similarly?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just talking about upside. I mean, these his ups. I feel like his upside just isn't the same as a guy like BJ Boston or a guy like. Even a guy like um yeah like a guy like Boston's the main one but like he also has quite a bit more downside than a lot of these guys we we talked about Suggs even Springer is a guy who whose median outcome seems pretty safely higher and you're not drafting for median out median outcome at the top of the draft anyways but it's definitely something to look at when you're splitting hairs between all of these really really high level prospects and like you said J- Jalen Green is a very good prospect he's not you know the next Michael Jordan like some might have you think but. He's 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 quite good. And like if the shot like the shot and just seeing if the decision making can keep improving. And that's definitely one reason to have hope for him, because I mean, at least in EYBL last summer, it was just so much worse. I mean, the passing isn't great at prolific this high school season anyway. I mean, it's but it's certainly much improved if you if you put on any EYBL game. And then the next game you watch will be a prolific game. You'll be kind of blown away by the improvement, even if the passes he's making at prolific are relatively rudimentary. But like Ross alluded to, the rim gravity he's going to command just with his his ability to to get downhill, um, it'll make his decision making windows wider and make it make his decisions easier to make for than a guy who can't. So there's definitely reasons to be to be in on Green relative to his, to his development curve. But yeah, just. With so many other good prospects this class, he's a guy that I am also going to end up bumping down, I feel like, at the moment. I know that
2: um, Edwards has gotten like Levine comps in terms of just like, will he bring winning value or whatnot? I think Green kind of falls under that category
0: as well. Yeah, I, de- I definitely agree with yeah. that. Sh- should we briefly address the other Jalen, Jalen Johnson? Because he's he's really... Like a fascinating player he's a, like six eight super strong like ridiculous open court athlete um and like really incredible passer like outlier outlier good passer at that size, uh with awesome vision like awesome creativity like there was this there was one pass in one of the the games I watched recently where he he's in transition. And he he changes directions because he he needs to like pull a couple defenders away from his teammates, and then just flicks it behind his back like perfectly on the money to his streaking teammate. Uh, he's like a, a remarkable passer. But I mean, I I asked Ross this in um in DMs the other day. Like, is he a meaningfully better shooter than Isaac Okoro was? Um, no, no. But he, I do think like he's willing
2: and able to take more ambitious shots which is currently good to see obviously he needs to start making those but like he'll take pull-ups he'll take like shots off like in and out crossovers like he can get into a shot a lot better than a coro can but mm-hmm. in terms of actual like production he's definitely not like a better shooter than a
0: core yeah the, it's just i i don't really trust him as a guy who can score in the half court uh like i think he'll always be an incredible transition player uh and i mean if the pull up does come around he'll be a superstar but when there when there are a couple of guys who i think have a more cohesive skill set namely uh, like bj kuminga um and i think suggs i have to bump him down a little bit but i mean a guy with with those with with that passing ability at that size is just like something you don't see um and so yeah it's i think it's hard to be too low on him but I I have some pretty healthy skepticism of it all coming together in a sensible way.
1: Yeah. And I think um, yeah. just guys with that level of IQ at, at his age, and he's not super young for the class and he he's kind of a dummy, Um, has some off court issues, um, not playing at IMG this year. Um, yeah. I mean, just that's the guy you kind of want to bet on to improve. I mean, yeah, like you said, his passing is super special at six, nine. I mean, he does some truly Jokic things like he'll, he'll throw baseball outlets like right on, right on the rebound and definitely like the concern for me like 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 they alluded to is thinking about his nba role i mean just not sure if the shot isn't there how he scores on the ball in the half court um and then off the ball if the spot up's not there but i think like a guy with his skills and his handle's not like his handle's okay it's like it's it's not terrible but it's workable and his size and his passing i mean he can just get the ball over guys. I mean, he doesn't need that much room to to see little creases and find them. So yeah, Jalen Johnson, I mean, a guy with definitely he's he's probably the foremost if he shoots guy in this class, at least for me. I mean, which is not like which is I guess could look you could look at that as a good thing because shooting is obviously quite difficult to develop as we talked about this in our last podcast, but it's certainly a thing that is easy, probably easier to develop than like a fun- than being the level of passer he is, or even some handling. So if yeah, if J- Jalen Johnson has a pretty clear avenue to being probably like the second best player in this class. So yeah, Jalen's a guy I could definitely see like arguments for pretty high. So
2: yeah, I uh I had him like number two throughout EYBL last year, and then I when I went back and rewatched, I ended up being lower on him. Um, I mean, he he did have some incredibly, like, dominant games last summer. He's just a freak athletically in terms of, like, verticality. And then he's really physical at times. Um, He was a really good rebounder last year. Uh, He was a good rim protector at times. But um, I know Max and I talked about it, I think, yesterday. But he has, like, a weird issue with, like, stride length where he really only takes, like, short, choppy steps. So it's kind of hard for him to create advantages in half court. And he ended up going to, like, the post-ups a lot against the better teams last summer. And that was kind of disappointing to see. But, um, but yeah, I mean, the, the passing is real. It's kind of funny because I think it's probably him, Kate, and Scotty who are the three best passers in this yep. class. And they're mm-hmm. all, like, six seven, six eight, six nine. 6'8", <laughs>
0: 6'9". Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. I think that's a pretty na- natural transition to the, the – I think two guys that come to mind – for sure. Uh Ross mentioned Scotty, Scotty Barnes, uh six eight, six nine, enormous human being, incredibly strong, who's headed to Florida State, which I am very excited about uh because that, that is a match made in heaven. But Scotty Barnes is how many guys as tall as Scotty Barnes in the world are better passers than Scotty Barnes? Like LeBron and Jokic? Like it's the guy is
2: small number.
0: The guy Not is many. unbelievable um he it's not just vision he is highly highly manipulative uh he uses his eyes to move the defense he is like a special one-of-a-kind passer at his size uh and like i said like huge and strong he over the last uh he's always been a very good defender i think both team and and individual but over the last uh or, or this um this high school season his senior season I think has gotten to an even higher level where he like has true wing stopper equity across multiple positions. Um, He, the, the concern with him, I think like Jalen Johnson is scoring in the half court, the shot is a question mark uh, and he's not like a bursty athlete by any means, but like a brilliant mind, uh, very skilled in a huge frame. I think I view him definitely as more of like a superstar role player, Uh, but I, I think he's going to be like an incredibly good bet to be a very good NBA player. And it's a shame that that there are so many guys that have like legitimate franchising franchise changing upside in this class, because I, I wish I could have Scotty higher, like in this year's class, he would be much higher. Uh, whereas next year, I think he's like a fringe top 10 guy, uh, but like a wonderful basketball player and just so, so fun to watch.
1: Yeah, and I think Scotty, I mean, if he lands in the right team context um, in the NBA, he could really have, like, super, super high-level impact. I mean, not even – Max didn't even, like, touch on the team defense that much. He's super special as a team defender, too. That same IQ as a passer really translates, like, making rotations, stunning at the ball, making plays off the ball. I mean, he's just an absolute savant at at his size, and, I mean, not, like – crazy athletic but he can definitely move and and cover ground so just like with, with that level of two-way impact and even though like the the real initiator upside probably isn't there um just just being able to add so much value um without usage i mean teams need complementary players and he's probably going to be one of the best ones out there like like max said truly a superstar role player and yeah it, it is a shame that there's so many guys with real high-end outcomes in this in this class because it's just difficult to rank barnes in, in in the tier of guys like like uh like boston and kaminga and green and the Suggs when we just don't think he has that initiator outcome which is really what you're looking for to to change the direction of a franchise but yeah scotty barnes is absolutely fantastic and i i cannot wait to watch him absolutely destroy teams on defense with uh Raekwon Gray um looks like the def- looks like uh Patrick Williams and Devin Vassell are probably going to declare but maybe they don't and we just get the most incredible defense of all time so
0: oh no I was just going to say that it's very unfair that he plays on the same Montverde team as Cade Cunningham because <laughs> going against two guys that size that strength that pass like that in high school is like <laughs> really just not right no it's it's it's
1: cheating
2: Yeah, I I remember watching the um, game versus DeMatha and Earl Timberlake, who is going to Miami next year, had like a screen and roll, and he was trying to get Kade off of him to ISO, and Scotty got switched on to him, and I'm just like, that's so unfair. (laughs) Um, I will say like with Scotty, though, like it, it was nice to see him on this Smart Bird team, even though it made them completely unfair because he's really been like, the point guard of the last – obviously played with Vernon Carey before that, and he was, like, their basic point guard at mm-hmm. that time. And then, like, AU played with Isaiah Todd and a few other guys, and he was basically the point guard of that team as well. And he had, like, a almost three-to-one assist turnover ratio in EYBL last year, pretty high usage, which is, like, remarkably impressive. Um, yeah. So it was nice to see him in a role where, like, it's more – Suit, suited to what he's going to do at the next level, and it was nice to see him accept that and like and more. He was very very into like every single little thing that he was doing during games.
1: Uh, let me yeah. Just quickly add the fact that um some people saw Isaiah Todd and Scotty Barnes playing the same team <laughs> and decided to rank <laughs> Isaiah Todd above Scotty Barnes. Is just yeah. Don't
2: have to comment yeah. on that. Um, it's just, I don't know. Also, like what Max was talking about with like defense. I think it it was either back to back games of the same tournament, but um he guarded Shreve Cooper. He was basically like stuck on him. They wanted him to guard Shreve Cooper for the whole game. And Shrief is going to Auburn next year just insanely quick point guard. Mm-hmm. And then either the next game or like two games later, his primary guy for a while was Hunter Dickinson, who is about seven two two fifty going to Michigan next year. So it's just wild to be able to see him truly guard one through five. I think he'll probably struggle against most uh, legit fives and ones at the NBA level, but I do think he's like a legit 2 through 4 guy and an awesome team defender.
0: Yeah, I don't really buy him on ones. I don't think like uh I if I remember correctly in that city of Palm, Palm City of Palms game against Montverde, uh I mean against uh, IMG, Springer gave him like a fair amount of trouble. Um Yeah, it did. And yeah, and like I mean, like we've talked about, it, Springer is really really good. Uh but as far as NBA guards go, Springer's not like outlier good. Um, so I I don't really buy him against ones and probably like you said, not against fives either. But like a pretty pretty legitimate lockdown guy, two through four. Uh, I I think he'll be he'll be dominant in that regard. Um, how about Uh Usman Garuba? The the international class next year is certainly not uh as good as this year's. Uh, but Garuba is the the um the cream of the crop there. He's a six eight six nine forward center playing for Real Madrid. He um he's like bouncy, strong, well built, mobile. Uh, I think broke Luca's record as the youngest starter in Real Madrid history. Uh, really, really intelligent defensive player. Uh, like has some passing feel but not like a hyper-skilled offensive player. The criticism that a lot of people uh, levy against him is that he's, like, very polished and who knows how much upside he has. And, well, I mean, that's something that people said about Luca, and I think was silly. I don't know that, like, there's a lot of skill upside with Garuba. Nonetheless, he's, like, a pretty good player playing in Euro, I mean, starting for a very good team. At, well, I mean, not, not starting anymore, but, but like... um Playing playing minutes for a, a really good team, uh, that's pretty impressive as a seventeen year old.
2: Yeah, yeah just Garuba's say, just kind of like, sorry, Ben, go ahead.
1: Yeah, no, I'll just say someone probably a little higher on Garuba. I mean, I just buy his defensive upside so much. Like Max talked about, that mobility is really, really incredible. I mean. He he's so good hedging. He can guard every guard in every pick and roll context. He can hedge. He can switch. He can drop. I mean, there's like the level of positioning he shows at his age is kind of insane. I think it was in one of the games I watched, maybe versus Asheville, which is uh, Tail Maladon's team. He had a play where he like rotated to cover a backdoor cut, and then like the guy pump faked and passed. He didn't didn't jump and just flipped his hips like like that and turn to contest the guy who he originally peeled off of and I just think that level of defense is just really really incredible and I buy that a lot and along with the offense I mean just super he's going to be an awesome an awesome play finisher I, I really do buy the passing and I think I don't know, I'm I'm kind of in on the handle as well and even though the the free throw is really really poor in EuroLeague I think it's around like 50% really bad but I mean at least from what I've seen in your league and in FIBA I mean the touch seems quite good and in ANGT too he was just super dominant at that level as well I mean when he's played against guys his 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 same age he's just been absolutely dominant and he's more than holding his own against grown grown men in the best league in the world so I I tend to be more more bullish on Garuba but I definitely see like as we talked about with Scotty Barnes just probably not having that high end upside doesn't warrant that, like, top three-ish selection in this class. Yeah, he's, uh, he's like, a
2: legitimately incredible defender. Um, his, like, short area quickness is absolutely through the roof. You don't see guys like him that you, – you don't see guys that size move like him. Um, I'm – with you, Ben, I really do buy the passing. I think, like, if you get him in short role scenarios, I think he can pick apart teams. Um, he's obviously not, like, a Draymond-level passer or anything like that, but I think he's – Going to be definitely an above-average passer for a big. Um, the finishing is really good. He's getting more comfortable taking threes. It appears like he took a handful of threes this year that were like no hesitation shots, which is good to see. I don't think he'll ever be somebody you have to guard out there, but I do think he'll be somebody that can make those, at, you know, at least a decent clip um, eventually. So yeah, I agree about the upside. And having him behind some of these guys and I think the skill development has been at least somewhat disappointing over the last few years. Uh but just like defensively he's unbelievably dominant. He's been somebody that like I think he won U sixteen MVP as like a thirteen year old for FIBA and he's been like in the spotlight for a really long time and it's cool to see somebody that has been like the next big thing in Europe for a long time, continually be so dominant defensively with like no lapses.
0: Yeah and he does seem to like keep dominating every time that he plays against uh like his peers like I know in in that and g t tournament where he was like totally like just crazy dominant as a rim protector he and Marcello were were on the same team and it was very very unfair um for like like you just couldn't shoot inside the paint um but he he played against uh against Denny with with Maccabi and like really dominated Denny, like kicked the crap out of him and was by far the best prospect in that game. And I think that that does matter to an extent. Um, I th- I'd i be pretty surprised if Garuba is not a good player. Uh, and he, he could be, I think like a very, very good player who also generates his impact in a way that um, doesn't take possessions, which I think is, is a really useful thing to have. Uh, just like just someone who should fit into a team context pretty nicely but similar to Scotty, when there are guys that really have like total franchise-changing upside, I think it's hard to get totally in on him. But I, he's he's an exciting prospect nonetheless.
1: Yeah, it's a shame because we'd probably like—I don't know—I'd probably have Garuba either number one this 2020 class or very in the contention. thing. so, kind of an unlucky draw for him. But
0: yeah, I mean, like, how I would you, you, you guys? How would you guys compare him to, like, Onyeka Kongu, for example?
1: I buy the I... defense quite a bit more than Onyeka, even though is yeah, quite good I... defense. But I think he's – I think Garuba's an, on another level defensively, and just the passing that Onyeka just does not have. Mm-hmm. I, I think with Onyeka, I mean, you want to say um, the shooting projection is kind of what separates them, I guess. But, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, Garuba's a completely different tier prospect for me than Onyeka
0: yeah, like I think Onyeka is better, is a better scorer for sure, and projects as a much better scorer. But Garuba is probably better at literally everything else. Like the when we talked about Onyeka and in, in in pretty good detail on episode two with Jackson Frank, like the one of the big concerns was does he have that field? Does he have that high level intelligence? Look, um, and I don't think that's a question at all with Garuba. Like he definitely has that. Uh, it's just a matter of I think like. Turning himself into an offensive threat, like I think he he he'll never be a guy that that like totally bogs you down on account of of the passing and decision making. But uh, you know, can he be a guy who adds value there on top of his high level defensive impact?
1: Yeah, and for non star bigs, it's really like 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 we alluded to with Garuba, about adding impact without usage. And Gruba's clearly the guy over on Yeka who's going to be able to do that more effectively in, in the NBA. So.
2: He's also young, too. Like he's, oh, yeah, he's super young. No. Yeah, so yeah, that as well. Also, I mean, this is completely just a guess, but um, he's kind of in, like, that weirdo range that, like, Clark and mainly Clark was where, like, is he going to be, like, a good enough spacer to be a four or, like, Offensive question. So he's somebody I can maybe see dropping a little bit during draft time and just being like a huge steal for somebody.
1: Once again, the Pref to Pro NBA Draft podcast is sponsored by LinkedIn Jobs. Find the right person for your business today with LinkedIn Jobs. You can pay what you want and get the first $50 off. Just visit LinkedIn.com slash team. Again, that's LinkedIn.com slash team to get $50 off your first job post. Terms and conditions apply.
0: Um, Beyond the the top guys in this class, I mean, there are there are a few sleeper types that I know um, we're interested in. Uh, Ross, do you want to do... Hmm, do you want to give your Henry Coleman uh, uh, analysis first since Ben and I don't even know who he is? <laughs> or Ben, ben knows who he is. I don't know who he is.
2: Coleman is kind of... Honestly, like not terribly dissimilar from Gruba in terms of like, is he a four? Like, or is? But he, he's a little lower. Like, he could potentially be a three. But he's he's got like the weirdo movement Garuba does. If that makes sense to you guys, where he kind of looks like he's um, like a little robotic, but he just gets everywhere super fast. Um, so he and he also was just like, extremely dominant in uh, Adidas last summer. Was one of the best statistical players in Adidas last summer and he's also really young. Won't turn um won't turn eighteen until like mid May, I think it might be. So really young player in the class. Um the shooting is kind of weird. It's like a flat shot, uh, with questionable touch, but he's always been a consistent, like low to mid seventies free throw shooter. So you kind of like buy in on it with that. And then he's just like a physical freak. He's I don't have exact measurements, but he's probably about, like, six seven. Wingspan looks around, like, 7-foot-ish. And then, um, honestly, I'd guess probably, like, 230. Like, he's a freaking tank. Just super physical, and he uses it really well. So, um, with him, he's only somebody I've seen three or four times, I think it's been. But just, like, he's kind of a statistical darling to me. He was just incredibly dominant um, in Adidas last summer, which was kind of down as a whole with the league but um, somebody putting up like the numbers that he did, I think he was averaging like 23 and 10 per 36 um, about a one-to-one assist to turnover ratio. The decision-making is fine, but it's certainly not. um, It certainly doesn't like pop off the screen as good or bad. And then defensively, just like extremely good. He absolutely locked up Keon Johnson in a game as somebody who probably had like 50 pounds on Keon. He was able to move with him really well. I think he was, pretty close to two deals and blocks like per 36 throughout adidas so he's just consistently productive on both ends of the floor and that coupled with his age he's kind of just like somebody who's statistical wise is can be viewed as a sleeper with like just the weirdo upside that those guys kind of have
0: yeah and so coleman is is headed to to duke and uh we have another one of his future teammates as as another guy worth talking about in DJ Stewart, who's like a six-four combo who just has like a pretty ridiculous pull-up game, some impressive change of direction, and like oh, like a wild Tyrese Maxi-esque runner game. Um Do you like? Do you view uh both of these guys as as single-year guys or, or multi-year guys? At Duke? I think home will probably
2: be multi, just because I think there's a decent. Chance he'll be stuck behind. Is White a junior or is he a senior?
0: Do you know, um,
2: not, I think he's a junior. Honestly, I could be wrong. I'm about to check real quick. Sorry. Um, but I, I think he'll obviously be behind Jalen Johnson during a lot of yeah. the minutes, and then there's yeah. potential for Breakfield to play over him, and even um, if Wendell Moore ends up being back, or who knows what will happen with her. So I think there's a decent chance he. Will probably be a multi-year guy, but I think Stewart has a chance to be one year. I know that he was, I think he was first round for um, ESPN did like a a single 2021 mock draft, and I think they might have had Stewart first round even. So he's gotten like, and he's from Whitney Young, obviously, which has a big name behind it. So he's gotten some mainstream buzz. Um, so I think Stewart definitely has a better chance to be one and done. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you, Ben. Did you want to talk about Brakefield? Because I know you, yeah. you were pretty intrigued with him. He plays with uh, Jalen Johnson, and uh, also, yeah, also Patrick Baldwin, a uh, highly recruited future guy, and um, Reese Beekman on on Phenom U. Uh, do you want to you want to make the case for him?
1: Yeah, so I'm definitely excited to see Jalen Brakefield, another Duke guy. Um, I just love him as this 6'8", eight versatile offensive wing. I mean. He's, like, I like his handle a lot, and um, he can pass the ball pretty well. He's notably really ambidextrous as a passer and a finisher. I mean, he is a lefty, naturally pretty smooth lefty jumper. Um, a, a little low, but the jumper is smooth. And he flashes, like, live dribble scoop passes with both hands and really impressive contested finishes also with both hands. And just, I mean, he has some nutty open floor moments as an athlete. He's kind, of, He's not the greatest in short spaces, but in the open floor, I mean, he can really, really rise. And I mean, I'm kind of, I'm still, he's not a guy I've seen a ton of. Um, his team defense, there's definitely been some moments of really good recognition, making some great rotations and big plays, but there's also been some moments of some maybe later rotations and not being there. So I do have to watch a bit more of him. I will say, like like, like Max said, he played on a really stacked ULBL um, team with Jalen Johnson, Patrick Baldwin, Reese Beek- Beekman as well, uh, uh, Virginia Commit. And at Huntington, um, his his high school his high school team, I do wish he was a little more dominant, at least in the games I've seen. But he's a guy who I need to see more of. But someone who I'm tentatively kind of intrigued on, intrigued in as like a mid top twenty guy maybe at this point. So, and then I I, I don't know where Ross you are on him.
2: So. Yeah, I like Brakefield a lot. I think you could make an argument for stretches on that Phenom U team. He was their best player. I mean, he was extremely consistent um, offensively, and that was wild. His shot wasn't really falling last summer. It's been a lot better this uh, winter. Um, so I think that he's definitely underrated. I think the two main drawbacks with him are he's really old. Uh, I think he's got a December 2000 birthday, so he's really old. And then also just consistency. He doesn't always bring it, especially defensively, consistently. Um, so that'll be something to kind of track going forward. But like you said, really, like, I think he's legit ambidextrous. Um, the shot is really good. He has awesome touch. And I think, like, he's kind of tabbed as, like, a four on most places. But I think he's pretty clearly a three. Um, I don't know what yeah. you think about that, Ben. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, so just I think the offensive upside. And, and the thing with him, too, he's just a really opportunistic score. And you can see that with Phenom around stars. He's a really awesome cutter crashes the boards really well, um, pretty good relocator on jump shots, catch and shoot guy. So he's – everything he does offensively is pretty quick decision-based. Um, so I do think he definitely considered one of the uh, more underrated players in the class.
0: Yeah, I don't have a great feel for him, especially offensively. I He really did always seem to be rotating a step slow to me. Uh, so I, I was not wild about the defense but definitely someone i need to to take a closer a closer look at but um another guy in that on that phenom U team that we've both mentioned a couple Ben and i have both mentioned a couple times is um, Reese Beekman a guard headed to Virginia and i think we probably have have more of a consensus on him that he's a really interesting prospect uh like the major drawback of course is that he's got like a really slow and inconsistent shot process but um yeah he's he's like an impressive uh defender on and off the ball, uh and has some really nice passing flashes. Uh like pretty good size and length. Um yeah, he's he's someone to watch for sure, I think.
2: Yeah, he uh I think it was it was sometime last summer because the point guard position like after Cade and depending on what you feel about like Springer and Suggs is pretty wide open in this class um obviously Sharif has a ton of fans but um I I think you can make a legitimate argument that Beekman might be the best non uh point guard out of that top group um but he's just he's just so good like he's so smart he's clearly going to be an awesome player at Virginia I do worry that he's not a one and done just because Clark is back um obviously Hauser is coming in as a wing and I'm just curious to see if Bennett plays him as much as he maybe should um but also too like he was in the city of palms tournament did you watch those games max uh i think i saw one of his city of palms games okay um and something something that popped off the screen with that because his usage was obviously a lot higher in high school than on that phenom team is he's like insanely quick he gets Uh basically where where he wants in the half court. his first step is really really impressive um he moves well. He's gets really low to the ground and is pretty flexible from waist down. So he, he, like, shocked me with how quick he was. I don't know if I just missed it the first time or if it was just easier to see uh, in a higher usage role. But um, I do agree with the shot. It's, it's like, a pretty low release, and it's almost like a line drive, so I worry about, like, the range on it. But I I think the touch is there. He's just going to need to, like, tweak mechanics and get stronger. I think strength is going to be a big deal for him. But, yeah, I, I really like Beekman.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting point you made about his quickness because I haven't seen any of his high school games, and he, that never popped to me in with Phenom. But yeah, I mean, at least for him, Breakfield, these guys—it's really interesting to see how these guys on the stacked UIBL teams translate as more primary guys on their on their um their their high school teams. And I'll talk about one more guy who I know that all of us are pretty in on, um, and that's Moses Moody, um, kind of two guard uh, Montverde. Um, he's just an awesome awesome shooter at his size. I think he, he's pretty big. He's like 6'6, six, 6'7, six, six, pretty strong as well. Pretty awesome shooting versatility in general. Really nice touch. And he shows quite a bit of ancillary skills as well. I mean he can pass the ball. He can he can dribble a little bit. He's pretty athletic. So this is like a really really excellent complimentary guy. Um just with his shooting and his size are pretty rare. And that I'm pretty sure all of us are pretty in on at this point.
0: Yeah, I love Moody. Also, um, probably probably not like a lead guard type, but like you said, an awesome shooter. Uh, he's smart. He's like big, long. Um, I think he's really, really good. Uh, like I think one of the more underrated guys in the class. Um, I I, I have not I haven't watched him in a while, so I don't remember him that well. Um, but I don't know, Ross. Do you do you, do you want to like get into more of the details of Moody's game? beyond just he's awesome.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think uh I think I might have him like back in Lotto, honestly. At, yeah, at that's, very that's Yeah, at the top as well. Yeah, so he um he was a lot more on ball for Brad Beal the lead mm-hmm. during the summer, which was yeah. good to see. Uh, I think I think he's like pegged as like a true 3 and D prospect which moving forward he probably will be, but like he's somebody if you run him off the line, he can easily create. Like he's not He's not just like, oh, run him off the line and he's just gotta swing it real quick. He's he's capable with the ball in his hands for sure. Um and defensively, like you guys said, really good. That's another thing with this class. There's a lot of like really good physical tools. He's I think six six with like a seven one wingspan. Kate has an over seven foot wingspan. Um, like a lot of the guards are really strong athletic. It's a really good like physical class as well. So um that's something that is nice to see. But, yeah, I think Moody – I mean, that Arkansas class in general, Max, I know you watched K.K. Robinson last night. And yeah. Then yeah, I did as they, well. Uh, yeah, yeah. They have a um, center coming in from uh, – he played for Woods Elite in the YBL. He's arguably one of the – maybe like a top five big in the class uh, in the high school senior class. But that Arkansas, class can, Arkansas team is going to be really fun to watch next year.
0: Yeah. I mean, we also mentioned, uh, KK Robinson. He's like a mini tiny, tiny six foot, uh, on a good day, uh, guard going to Arkansas. He's just like really quick, awesome passer and like pretty ridiculous shooter. Um, yeah, he's super fun. I would be pretty shocked if he's, if he's a one-year guy, but should be an awesome college player and eventually at least get a shot in the league. Um, but yeah, that Arkansas team is going to be pretty awesome regardless of whether like Isaiah Joe and and Mason Jones come back and um they'll be pretty damn fun if if those guys are back. Um let's see. Or I mean, is there anyone else among these like sleeper type guys that that you guys wanted to bring up?
1: Yeah, I mean Ross like Ross talked about um outside of like the real top ones, there aren't really. There's like a pretty wide open group and there were a, there were two guys that I think we still talk about, And the first one is Caleb Love, who I know is trending up for a lot of people because he's just like this absolutely wild offensive player. Such a great space creator I mean, with his handle, getting to his jumper, really quick trigger on his pull up. I mean, pretty good passer as well, getting on a hill and taking advantage of his gravity. I mean, Caleb Love's really a pretty impressive scorer. And I think he's probably got a ceiling that warrants consideration in like maybe, like, top 10-ish range. I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, I think I probably have top 10 at this point. Yeah, I mean, he's just really, really good offensively, and he's fun to watch, so.
0: Yeah, I've seen sure. Love. Uh, I, I mean, I was just going to say, I've only seen him one time. Uh, it was pretty impressive. Like, some of the space creation stuff was was wild, and his stats are really good, but I, you and Ross have a much more informed take on him than I do. Yeah,
2: it's just, like, the space creation and then just the range on his jumper is pretty, like, unmatched in this class. Um, Just like, from, like, an offensive, like, engine scoring type ceiling, not a lot of people uh, can match him in this class. Um, A lot of the stuff he does, and this is absolutely not a comparison, like, talent-wise, but um, he uses, like, a lot of the same moves Dame does um, for space creation, and then he has, like, a real low Like quick trigger shot too, and he's also somebody I think his wingspan that's like six was measured like six nine, and he's like six two or six three. So he's another person with like really good physical tools. I do think his finishing needs to take a big step forward, but um everything that like needs to be there for that is kind of there. It's just like a matter of consistency with him.
1: Yeah, and Caleb Love is gonna be at North Carolina next year, so they should be more fun to watch than the train wreck they were this season with a couple (laughs) um recruits and so yeah that's caleb love the other guy i wanted to talk about in that point guard group is Dyson nix um ucla commit um he's he's just like kind of he's pretty interesting in that he's he's massive he's like six five kind of built like a truck really strong and he's a pretty awesome passer like he, he he's got live dribble reads with both hands. Um, when he drives, skips to skips to either corner, just sees and makes really tough passes, and also pretty good on defense. I mean, he's engaged, he's strong at the point of attack, makes rotations as a weak side guy. But the issues with him are one, he's not very quick. Um, he's he's really big, so he makes up for that with his strength and gets to the line a lot. But his handle's not great; it's kind of loose and it's not very deceptive, and he's really not super quick either. And the shot. Um, is an issue i talked i I talked with ross last night because he doesn't have stats anywhere he didn't play at any on any of the shoe circuits still plays at trinity prep this year in nevada but he didn't play on any of the shoe circuits doesn't really have any numbers outside of his freshman year of high school which aren't very useful so the shot is something i'm going to be interested in seeing um how that develops at ucla but this has like a really good passer for the guy his frame and someone who's going to play defense uh probably not as high upside as obviously nowhere near the upside of a guy like Caleb Love, but a guy I've interested in in tracking going forward in that in that range generally.
2: Yeah, he's actually he's from Alaska, so that's that's why like he didn't play for like shoe circuits at all and then like recently within the last few years moved to play high school, not in Alaska. Um but he he's definitely like he's one of the more ambitious passers I've seen recently. Uh he'll just make like passes to literally blow you away. Um, but I have not actually watched his senior year. I watched junior year games, but I haven't seen him as recently as Ben has.
0: Yeah, I've never seen him. Uh, sounds pretty interesting, though. Um, are there any other 2021 uh, either uh, sleeper guys or, or, I mean, even guys at the top that you guys think that we really miss before we move into some guys who have just, like, popped for us recently?
1: I suppose the only um, guy – Oh, we missed is really we, we didn't talk about desire williams at all and i feel like we should at least give him a mention yeah we didn't talk just, about Mobley either yeah we'll, we'll talk about I'll, I'll talk about williams quickly six eight rail thin six eight six nine but just a nutty shot maker like 88 percent from the line in uibl like just just is a ridiculous pull-up shot maker for his size and he's got a lot of a lot of issues mainly the frame he's so rail thin Worse than BJ Boston, probably, considering he's oh, not yeah, that. Definitely, definitely yeah, definitely worse. Yeah, he's, he's not physical like him, and his handle is, it's okay, but it's kind of loose. His passing, I mean, he flashes some abilities to do it, but he's not great defensively, like the, like the frame holds him back. But just a guy with that level of shot making, I mean, for his size, he's easily one of the best shot makers in this class. And just a guy who is someone you got to probably consider in that top, top 10 range just because that shot making – Leading to high end out high end outcomes with him. So. Yeah, the shot making is like legitimately pretty
0: special for him. And on top of that, he does seem to have some ancillary skills. Like he he can dribble enough, I think. He can pass enough. Uh I don't I don't buy him as like a like an initiator or anything, but um yeah, I mean the shot making is is like really outlier ridiculous to the point where I think it there's like the floor on how low you could rank him is pretty high, just because I think you like don't you don't see guys who can make shots like that at that size.
2: Um, I will say too, with just to touch on Mobley, um, I'm kind of worried that like I might be underrating him just a little bit because he's at a pretty poor relative to like talent and who he is. Uh, kind of a poor senior year but I'm a little worried that maybe it's like just bored him because he seemed a little less engaged than recently. And I know that his brother who he played with forever is currently now at uh, USC, but he's like, he has some really like special traits about him. He moves mm-hmm. like a guard. His handle is really good. I know he runs pick and roll as the handler, like a decent amount in high school. Um, Incredibly good wingspan. Like he has like the length and reach and height of a center. Obviously he's, really thin uh the main thing with him is he probably will have to shoot because i don't know if he'll be able to consistently play five at the next level in fact like i'm pretty positive he won't be able to but he has like traits along with like his passing too he's the same way with his brother i think he's a really really good passer for his size so he does have traits that like are just wildly impressive um so i'll be curious to kind of see if he's like just has more life in the next year at usc yeah
0: it kind of sucks because last year I remember watching Rancho Christian for um, for his older brother Isaiah Mobley, uh, and they were so fun to watch together. Like they were, they were like one of my favorite high school teams to watch because the two of them were just like they're both brilliant passers and just very, very skilled ball handlers, both at like six eleven. Um, and yeah, the one game I've seen from Evan's senior year was the it was the Sierra Canyon game, and he was just abysmal. Like he was, he when he wasn't invisible, he was just getting beasted on the interior, um, and had like a few I think really bad misses. I mean, he he as as he always does had some some nice passes for sure, but uh, it was just a really bad performance that left an incredibly sour taste in my mouth. Uh, especially like in contrast to B.J. Boston and Zyra Williams on the other team, uh, who had really nice performances. Um, yeah, I mean. I, I don't wanna get like too caught up in, in like hating on Mobley because he he does some like insane stuff. I think the, the like of course the big differentiator between him and his older brother is that like Isaiah is really groundbound and Evan Mobley like gets off the ground so quickly and is like a very impressive all around athlete, except for the strength. Um but yeah, I mean it, there are so many guys I think that have like compelling you new know, initiator upside or creator upside in this class. And I think Mobley does have some like very impressive scoring upside, but like you mentioned, I mean there's there's like this the weird positional fit um like managing to really to really work offensively if he can't shoot. I I don't know how viable that is and I, like he he's he's I think always shown pretty nice touch from the mid-range, but but extending out to 3 has been has been kind of questionable and he he'll have some like really bad misses. Uh, so he's someone I'm gonna give another chance to because in the past he has been a really good player. Um, but yeah, just like a a definitely disappointing senior year from what I've seen. Uh, and like relative to the way I think he's talked about as a guy who I think some people still have as like a Cade caliber prospect, I think he just really doesn't live up to that. And that and like that's not his fault. Uh, but it's just I mean it's still disappointing. Um, I mean, Ross. Since you're you're better informed on this, how was he uh, after his junior year in um, in AAU? Because I think I, I remember looking at the stats and they they didn't like pop in the way that these elite guys necessarily do. Yeah, so he was hurt for um, okay
2: a good amount of the summer, and but he he definitely wasn't like super dominant. Um, I, I think though he only played like nine or 10 games maybe i know i know he didn't play a ton um but i mean the block numbers were really impressive and i think he was like above 70 percent from two but uh but he wasn't scoring a ton and i know the three point was down in like the low 20s and the free throw although small small number of attempts was maybe even in the 50s but uh yeah he wasn't he definitely wasn't like dominating or anything close to that
0: i mean he's he's a really good prospect uh, he'd be in contention to go really, really highly, uh, in 2020, but yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a top 10 guy, I think in 2021, I don't know exactly where, where I fall on him, but, um, a little disappointing, at least relative to the hype. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, oh. Ben, should we, should, or did, did you want to add something? No. Okay. Well then, um uh so some guys that have that have just like popped us recently watching film um ben do you want to you want to start with your guys
1: sure i'll do my first guy which is um i'll start with keontae johnson florida we're moving back to 2020 for the end of this just to get a little more currency um I released a board this week. I had Keyonce 19th, which I, I was pro- probably some of the highest that you'll find him. And I'm kind of surprised there's not more love for Keyonce, at least, like, in the mainstream. He's this just hyper-athletic wing with, like, super strong, bursty, incredible leaper. I mean, like, 6'5", 6'6", with a really long wingspan. I think it was, like, 7 foot, something close to that. He's just such a good athlete, Um, beating guys with a dribble – Um, offensive rebounding with his verticality, open floor dunks, even like half court dunks and things like that. And one of the reasons I'm as high on him as I am is I'm really encouraged by his skill development and what I'm believing in his skill. I think the handle and the passing and the decision-making has really improved Throughout, not just from his freshman season, but as his sophomore season has gone on, I mean, I think it was it was the LSU game I watched where he was just consistently like picking apart um, the defense with with his passing, just making awesome decisions. And there was there there was another game I watched um, recently. I'll find it. It was the um, the Georgia game where I was also pretty impressed with his passing. So I just think Keonse is just an all around like. Uh, like just like like a really good complimentary wing with his athleticism adding more avenues for upside and like we talked about quite a few times today um just being encouraged by his development curve as a guy who I'm pretty in on as like a first round guy
0: yeah I really like Keontae too I have him in the first um he's someone I've always liked I'm pretty high coming into the year but I agree he's gotten better I really just I think he's a really impressive slasher like he he is he's incredibly like stocky and built but he gets low and is explosive um and then he just rises up really quickly off of two feet to finish um I, yeah I, I think he's also like uh a really good kickout passer um so like his his complimentary offensive game is really strong of course the question is where where the shot um ends up being uh i don't know <laughs> um i'm i'm not like Wildly enthusiastic, I don't think, but he's just a—he's a really nice all-around wing. Uh, he's a good player. Yeah,
1: and he's up to like seventy-seven percent from the line this year, so pretty good. Um, I'd probably fall on like again, like fairly higher end of the shot. I'd buy him pretty, pretty reasonably high as like at least a spot-up guy, which is always gonna need. I would say like the one slashing downfall is he's pretty right-hand dominant. He doesn't really use his left, but he's so good at like getting to his spots for for reverse finishes like because he's so long and uses his length well to get under defenses and finish and gets to a spot where his right hand can work instead of just throwing up a right-handed shot on the left side like a lot of right-hand dominant finishers will so so I'm um,
2: yeah uh, another high school guy that I think has the potential to be a one-and-done especially with Louisville losing some guys to the wing next year is uh, DeAndre Davis he's consensus ranks around like between like 90 and like 125 for the uh, three major recruiting sites. Um, But I think he's a little underrated just because he doesn't shoot a ton of threes currently, although he's for like three or four straight seasons now between AU and high school, he's been in the low eighties as a free throw shooter. So it's somebody you definitely bet on to extend range, but he's just a really, really good defender. He can guard basically like one through four. He has a little, issues with quicker guys um he's not a great athlete but he's a good one he's really strong about like 6'6 i would guess around like 200 pounds right now really strong um but i do think he's one of my favorite one and done sleepers uh with 2021 so he's just somebody definitely to keep an eye out for louisville
0: yeah so the the two guys i wanted to mention one of them i think ben mentioned last week in tyson alexander six four uh off guard at creighton uh this dude is so good he um he he is a like pretty dominant defender like the way that he locked up miles powell um in their game against seton hall was like pretty ridiculous just like chasing him off screens making him really really uncomfortable i don't think that that's something you see happen to miles powell very often um and he's like a he's a quite a good shooter also Tyshawn um I think the the off-screen numbers were pretty bad which is a little disappointing it's just a shame that he's not like three inches bigger but uh he seems like a pretty good bet to be a solid NBA player to me um just like a strong guard defender who can shoot uh yeah I think even like flashes some nice passing and relocation uh he's 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 quite good and uh Ben, Ben was right to mention him because I enjoy him a lot And then the other one at Creighton is their point guard, Marcus Segarowski, who uh, I I think it's a little less clear if he'll come out. Um, But he, he's just a like really impressive shooter, very, very balanced. Um, And he's, he's not, he's not an explosive athlete, but he manipulates his pace really well to get into the defense. And then he has awesome vision, which is like always picking out cutters while he's on the move and stuff like that. He's, He's just a really good shooter and really good passer. Uh, I mean, could have a, could have a shot to be an NBA backup point guard. Uh, so not like, not the most exciting proposition, but uh, but definitely a really fun college player and a guy who could, who could make it in the league.
1: Yeah. I know Max and I both talked with this. Um, just like he's not super quick, but the way he like manipulates pace with his handle is really impressive. Like he's super controlled and he's great. Stop, start. He's, he's a great stop, start guy. Getting into the lanes, he's a guy that I'm intrigued by, and I'll say, yeah, Tyson Alexander. I don't have much more to add than I said last week. And Max added, he's really fun, um, a guy who probably won't declare, so I'm excited to watch him again next year. Creighton's gonna be really good next year too, and so my last guy was uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, who i been watching a lot of Villanova recently, and he's just, he's just really good, man. Like he's, I'm really impressed with him defensively because he's so smart. I mean, despite not being at the issue i guess he's kind of like maybe you could argue he's a tweener in the wrong way like six nine not the, not the longest what position does he guard but he's so smart on defense and he's he's a really impressive mover too um like he shows some aptitude like sliding with smaller players like bl- blocking their shots as a primary and it's really jarring when you compare his movement to a guy like sadiq Bey, who can't really move and a guy that i know not, max and i aren't really enthused by despite being kind of a draft Twitter darling and like I, Robinson Earl is just I definitely think he's a better prospect than they. I mean such a good defender offensively he just feels like such a perfect complimentary guy I mean really smart uh ball moving kind of passer great decision maker um I, I like his finishing quite a bit he's pretty patient on the interior waiting for spots to open up and he plays a lot of like five on offense too which is not his role so I'm excited to see where he falls in the NBA eventually. And this sh- the shot I think he probably is going to shoot spot up. So this is like like if we're talking about like Bay versus Robinson Earl's complimentary guys, I definitely want Robinson Earl over Sadiq Bay. So.
0: Yeah, I've always been a huge Jerry guy. I think he's disappointed a little bit for me just because I was I was too high on him, frankly, coming into the year. Yeah. I had him like lottery or something. Uh I, I mean I've still got him in the like I think on the fringe of the 20s um he's just a really well-rounded player he's like you said really mobile um like his technique moving is really good uh he is i think at this stage fairly jumpy and like susceptible to to uh hesitations and like change of pace but um the technique is there uh he's really intelligent it's a shame that he doesn't have like length or leaping ability because he just like can't impact shots at the rim that much but being there in the first place, I mean, you see that from someone like Nikola Jokic, like being there in the first place matters a lot. Um, and so I think that that he should be a pretty valuable defensive player. And then offensively, he's a really good ball handler. Uh, he's an intelligent passer. And I think the shot is going to be really quite good. Like he didn't shoot threes at a super high percentage this year, but he did take them and he's an 82% free throw shooter as a 6'9 freshman it's a guy with like really exceptional touch. Um I think I think he's going to be a really good player just like um you know not not a star by any ch- by by any means but but just a guy who like fits into your lineups and makes you better in in a lot of different ways and that's just like a, a nice like easy team building piece to have. Uh so I'm yeah I'm a huge Jerry fan and agree with you entirely that uh, I like him a lot better than Sadiq Bay. Um, I feel
2: like I was like I was just gonna say I feel like I was like the main uh, JRE skeptic going into yeah. the year. <laughs> um. Yeah. But I, I also wanted to um just running back to 2021 real quick. Wanted to uh, bring up because I know you talked about the international class as a whole is definitely down and that's true. Uh, but there's there's one player his name's uh actually you guys might have seen him. I think Ben you might have seen him for sure. Uh. Forest Tisma, who is Croatian, he played uh, in the U18s two years ago. Maybe he played in A&GT also. Uh, he is somebody that I think is kind of becoming a little underrated. He might not even declare by 2001 just because he's a little physically – or by 2021, I'm sorry, just because he's a little physically underdeveloped. But um, he has played minutes for the main Real Madrid club this year one of, like, the younger players to ever do that. I think he might have even started the game at one point. Uh, he made his debut, and he was still 17, like, earlier in the season, which is really impressive in itself. But he's, like, a legit six nine in shoes, really, really, really skilled player, really good touch and shot. He's kind of similar to Servetus from last year, but I think he's just overall better than him. Um, so he's another guy that I really like. Uh, and then the last one is Caleb Murphy going to South Florida. He, is, he played um, for the Atlanta Celtics in Adidas last summer with uh, Dwan Odom and Dagon Smith, who are both top 60-ish commits, um, and he was pretty clearly their best player. Uh, he's really, really, really good horizontally, like extremely good first step, really shifty and bendy, really good handle. He's one of those guys that is kind of like a combo guard, though, at only like 6'3 or 6'4, and that's the main reason I feel he's been overlooked. So he's also somebody that, on a team like USF, where he's probably going to be able to walk in and be pretty high usage, could have maybe a breakout year. We could be one and done.
1: All right. Um, I think that's all we've got for today. Unless there's anything Max or Ross you'd like to add, any final thoughts? Nope
0: i I, I don't have have anyone else to mention. I think we covered. A lot of people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Ross, is there anything you want to uh, to plug?
2: Um, this is non draft related, but I think I'm doing like my own top twenty-ish or so uh, team recruiting rankings. So it'll have a lot of these guys we just talked about included. But other than that, I don't think I'm currently working on anything. Although I probably should, <laughs> since you know, <laughs> I'm just sitting in my all house. Right, all
0: yeah. Will <laughs> we'll that can... be on the on the step in?
2: Um, maybe it's either going to be on the step in or I might do it on medium. It's okay. good to term right now, but I'll, I'll tweet it out at some point.
0: Okay. And, uh, and people can follow you. It's Ross underscore home in one. Yes. Okay. Perfect.
1: All right. So, and as always make sure to rate the prep to pro podcast, subscribe, leave nice reviews. We are on Apple podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. And follow the prep to pro account on Twitter. That is prep number two, pro Pod. You can follow me at Ben underscore Pfeiffer underscore. You can follow Max at Max A. Carlin. And have a great day. Um, stay safe out there. And we'll see you later. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding right your tail.
2: Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too.